Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, welcome to the 352nd episode of Just Shoot It, a podcast about filmmaking, screenwriting, and directing. This episode is brought to you by patron Jack Meggers. I'm Matt Enlow. And I'm Warren Kaplan. And today we are continuing with the second part of our director's panel. We've got Tim Nakashi, Carlin Hudson, Roxy Shi, and us. And our producer Tyler is even on. And we are going to keep talking about the things that you might or might not want to hear about that we think about are going to happen in 2023. It's an annual tradition. We've been having the same filmmakers on for, you know, a good number of years at this point. If you listened to last week's episode, you got the first half of this conversation. So if you're just jumping in now, maybe go back an episode. I think that's probably worthwhile. I think there's a lot of callbacks. Yeah. Uh, Also, the first half, I mean, to be totally honest, was quite boring. The second half is where all the earth-shattering revelations were made. You know, it is a really good uh, distillation of what I find interesting versus what Oren finds interesting. And um, sometimes I tend to navel-gaze and wax poetic, and sometimes Oren really wants to get into the nitty-gritty of how 2 plus 2 equals 4. And I think we split the difference on this one. But yeah, it's a, it's a real left-brain, right-brain sort of situation. But now, Matt and I... Uh, very different than the Matt and Oren you hear in the conversation mm-hmm. in a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Matt and I are in the future. We're in 2023. Stone Cold Sober, 2023, days before this episode comes out. Any recollections, Oren, anything that struck you, anything that you've been thinking about since that conversation? You know, I, I guess probably the thing that is most stayed with me was Roxy's journey where she talked about how the more she said no, the more stressed and anxious she was about not having work and not ever working again, the more it was kind of like fueling up this like amazing next job and next opportunity. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And part of it is like inspiring, like, hey, you know, just wait for the right job instead of just saying yes to anything. But the other part of it just reminds me how almost futile and stressful being a freelance Mm -hmm, director is. mm -hmm. You know, we we just like literally do not know what next week will hold unless we have something booked. Yeah, I thought a lot about that as well. And I think that, um, you know, everyone on that conversation has been on both sides of the coin, you know, and even recorded episodes in those various states. Do you know what I mean? I think it's really easy to be like in the middle of a hot streak and to understand what someone's saying, but not be living through it in the same way that they are in that moment. I kept thinking about basically Roxy saying like waiting out to find the right jobs basically because she kind of had been pigeonholed for a long time and her most recent project got some notoriety and some accolades and could be a pivot point for her basically and she waited until the right job came along to say yes and it was really 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 hard and Mm -hmm. I keep thinking about what I would have done in that situation and how the question is always going to be, what if that job doesn't come along? But Roxy, she's also pretty self-aware in that, you know, she said for her, it's probably easier to do that than mm-hmm. for us. Sure. Everybody's got a rent to pay, too. Everyone's got like a standard of living that they're trying to upkeep. You know, it is different when you've got a child, for instance, that can't go to work yet. Unfortunately. Worthless. Pitch in babies. But yeah, I think... You know, everybody gets freaked out, you know. You know, I wanted to talk a little bit before we get into the the rest of our panel conversation just about kind of our personal New Year's resolutions. And I think from the conversation we had and just from the stuff I've been thinking about lately, like most of my resolutions, if not almost all of them, are much more personal, like Mm -hmm. about my Mm -hmm. personal life than career oriented. And I think that sometimes we get so stuck on like, oh, I want to make my feature or Mm -hmm. I want to join the DGA or Mm -hmm. I want to shoot my spec commercial or I want to do this. 
or meet this many people uh, that we forget to like be happy, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and forget that that people like happy people. And so like us working on ourselves being happy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is actually will help our, our career, will help everything in our life. Every year I have a document that I, you know, version up and clone and, and augment and I check off all the things that I do. And anytime I'm feeling, you know, unsure throughout the year, I go back to that document and they, and they go back well over a decade. I've been doing it. I have like old paper copies. It went digital probably about a decade ago, just a Google Doc. So I sat down because I like to kind of give it a little bit of thought. Sat down, you know, around my birthday, which is mid-November. I was feeling really, you know, introspective and realized that... um. The last document I had done this for was 2019. Oh, that you haven't mm-hmm. and updated that, that the, the goals. That I hadn't touched it since COVID. Since COVID. And so it rocked my world because there were a lot of things. Having kids, buying a house, uh, releasing a movie. There was a lot, of, a lot of big major life goals that had kind of been rolling over for a long time you know, like I'd been thinking about or like there was a savings goal or something like that, you know, kind of like this, the small steps leading up to the big, big goals. And the point of these goals, just to reiterate, because it's been a while since we've talked about it, is so that you can make them into actionable, manageable goals, right? So like one of mine would be like, if you want to shoot a feature this year, okay, well, what does that mean? Have you written the screenplay? Well, first you got to write the screenplay. Okay, so then how long is that going to take you? That's going to take you three months. How, how many hours a day does that break down to or whatever, right? Like so that you're, you're taking right. these Breaking big goals. Breaking down the doable, the doable actionable things in, in so that you can have these kind of bigger, loftier goals. Anyway, so I sat down to, to revise this document and realized, oh, I kind of don't know who I am anymore. Right. Like I, I like yeah. I checked off a lot of these big things. This document is from a different era. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm a dad who lives in the suburbs now. This was written by a guy who lived in an apartment in the middle of the city who didn't have a kid or any mm-hmm. of that stuff. And also I've checked off a lot of the things that I'd been looking forward to for a long time. So I've been thinking a lot about what my goals are and also how you come to formulate these goals. Right. As I'm entering a new phase in my life, like what's important to me, right, is, is what kind of all of these questions. Um, so I'm curious to hear about your goals and how and why you formulated them. There are less goals and more like resolutions, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. <laughs> the subtle difference. But uh, I, it's it's less things I want to achieve and more uh, lifestyle changes I want to make. Mm-hmm. Most of them, not surprisingly, are. But yeah, I split up my list into like the doable ones and the long shots, mm-hmm. uh, which is probably a bad way to to look at, at goals. Yeah. But I just want to yeah, be maybe. realistic with myself. Well, I, I think the big goals you can only do if you a you believe you can do them, right? Like no one mm-hmm. has ever like achieved something great when they didn't think they could. You know, that's not really how it works. And two, you have to be realistic about how to achieve those goals if you want to win an oscar this year you know you got to make a movie to do that so you gotta have a movie to do it with my long shots are just ones that i I haven't figured quite figured out how to do yet maybe Mm -hmm. i have my my doable ones and most of the things on my list are rewinding back to 2019 Mm -hmm. (laughs) it Mm kind of ties back to what you're talking about are undoing the things i learned during covid Mm -hmm. (laughs) that kind of killed the momentum of my trajectory and many Mm -hmm. people's trajectory and kind of rearranged it and moved it. And kind of, I think it came back together in kind of a mishmashed way. Mm -hmm. And I, I want to kind of realign it on the path that I'm excited for. And that makes me happy. And I feel like I was a very happy filmmaker Mm -hmm. (laughs) in 2019 and not that I wasn't in 2020 or 2021, but, but I think 2023 is the first year since the pandemic started that I'm like, okay, that that there is that in the background there is mm-hmm, things mm-hmm. happening in the world but we can There's, push forward in a different way yeah but it, they're not going to really play into the the small details of how i live my life anymore right, right so this is my list of doable resolutions so first thing that i used to love and do all the time and i just totally stopped during the pandemic is having to-do lists i would make mm-hmm, them mm-hmm. Uh, every night you know when i was in bed mm-hmm. for the next day uh and i stopped doing that and i it definitely like I've found myself just like having 15 minutes and not knowing what to do and just like 
going on Twitter or whatever, you know, and so just like wasting a lot of my productive time Mm -hmm. because I, I didn't have a list of things to do. Second thing is with two small kids and being a freelancer and a visual effects artist that whose best working time is from, you know, 9 PM to 3 Mm AM. I'm probably never going to have like a morning workout routine, Mm -hmm. but uh, I'm, I'm pretty committed to my like 10,000 steps per day, even if it means just like walking around the block like four times after my kids go to sleep. And then uh, I'm going to wear a sunscreen. Last time I went to the dermatologist, she said I had like some precancerous stuff Mm -hmm. going on on my nose. And I was like, I don't know. My wife's like, yeah, you're an idiot. Like you don't wear sunscreen. Wear sunscreen. Yeah, that's a good one. Anyway, I'm always going to choose the in-person meetings. When you say choose the in-person meeting, do you mean... Like if anyone says, hey, can we talk about this? Especially if it's someone I'm going to do a project with. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to go out of my way to meet them at a restaurant, in a coffee shop, at their house, at my house. When I'm watching TV and films, no scrolling on my phone. (laughs) I've realized I just don't like any shows or movies when I'm on my phone. Yeah. I find them all to be boring. Yeah. Because you miss the the nuance of them. Yeah. I just watched all of Wednesday, no phone anywhere near me. And I loved it. And I even watched Glass Onion, which I thought had potential uh, boringness in it. And I, I loved every detail because I was paying attention. Now for the podcast, my doable goal is just to prepare. Take I know we've talked about this before, but I'm really going to work on it. 10 minutes before the podcast, whatever our topic is, just to write some things down. So, and then my last thing that's doable thing is like a mindset change, which is, unfortunately, you're not going to like this one, (laughs) but I'm going to try to embrace vertical video. Oh, I'm okay with that. I'm 100% okay with that. Vertical is great. One by one is great. 16.9, great. Anamorphic, all aspect ratios are great. It's when you're trying to have your cake and eat it six times over. That's when it gets hard. It's no longer like a badge of... Of uh, low budget amateurs. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I'm trying to think of a shoot in the last two years that didn't need need, some of those need all all of those elements. Yeah. I mean, I still yeah. prefer like you know the ana- anamorphic cinematic like widescreen things, and and I and I do think vertical is like inherently non cinematic, but I I disagree. I don't think that that's true. I think like you know, hang out on TikTok. There's a lot of great looking you know, vertical video. If you mean that cinematic is like the movies. Yeah. Like something that I would see in the cinema. Yeah. You know, I was just watching like all these like Will Smith videos and shot in vertical, Mm -hmm. you know, today that were like really good. And I was like, you know, and it kind of, it reminds me a little bit of my DIY VFX roots, just a mindset change. And I'll just give you a real quick, quick list of my long shots, which is uh, number one, dress better. Definitely. COVID ruined that for me. Number two, read more books, uh, which goes hand in hand with less social media, mm-hmm. aka when I'm lying in bed at night, trying to prioritize the book instead of the phone. Yep. Another really hard one is to like stop worrying about money. I, I do find that when I don't think about money at all, like the career decisions mm-hmm. are better mm-hmm. and end up, you know, ultimately at Making the, more money. the same yeah. place. Yeah. yeah. I want to post more breakdowns on Instagram. Mm-hmm. something I've been saying forever. And then my long shot mindset change is uh, to like stop comparing my work to other people's work. The comparison mindset thing, I think you argued for it um, once upon a time on this show. There is like a fine balance between admiring someone's work, even letting yourself get a little jealous in order to improve your game versus the comparison spiral of like, oh, I didn't, I wasn't even up for that job or I'm never going to get to that position because I'm not getting, you know, I'm, I'm, the budget suck or what, whatever, you know, like that can be a, a death spiral. That's, um, that's quite terrible. Yeah. So, yeah. So my three are be present when I'm working, be focused, be in, into it. When I'm podcasting, be there, be present when I'm playing with my kid, when I'm parenting, all of that stuff, like just be there, be in the moment. So that that's one and, and, you know, vice versa is like, you know, don't beat yourself up when you have to work because I, you got to make the money to uh, raise the kid. Um, so that's one. The other one is to be really fiercely protective of my writing time. And it's something that I'm still trying to carve out. It's been a little catch as catch can over the last year. And now I'm at, in a position where 
I think honestly the answer is get up at like 4.30 in the morning and just I have to go to bed at 8 now or whatever. Like I'm the best in the morning and the reality is that if your kid wakes up at 6.30 or 6 and you need a good hour and a half to get anything real done and it also takes a minute to wake up and Make yourself an espresso and all of that stuff. But being fierce about it and like figuring it out whether it's maybe it's a little bit later. I don't know. I'm still kind of uh, mulling it over, but blocking it out, not taking meetings, any of that stuff. The third is straightforward. It's all about the movie. And so that's where, you know, those actionable beats come into play. Like there's setting dates. There's, you know, making offers. All of that stuff is in play. More on that. But those are the big three. I'd love to hear other people's creative time their writing routine and how they guard it that's the thing that i think is really the most important takeaway anyhow you should check out patreon.com slash just shoot pod it's a place where you can give us a dollar two dollars four dollars twenty dollars a month um if you feel like you get any value out of this podcast out of these interviews if you feel like you're learning anything if you feel like we've affected you positively or negatively we'd love to be supported by you it helps us pay our editor pay for our web space so patreon.com slash just shoot it pod is where you can go the 20 dollar level i will personally mail you a just shoot it podcast hat it's a hat that says just shoot it on it it's pretty cool i don't think people need to know that it's a podcast hat if you don't want them to know uh and we are down to like four hats or something so is that right yeah if you want to get a hat You should do it now, uh, if that's your New Year's resolution. There you go. Get on it, everyone. Without much further delay, let's hop into our conversation with the part two of uh, our New Year's panel with Tim Nakashi, Carlin Hudson, and Roxy Shi. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash post. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. What are your goals for this year, everyone? I'll kick it off with what feels like the elephant in the room and none of you were thinking of. You may remember last year, Orin and I made a $100 bet that I would shoot a feature film in 2022. It hasn't happened yet, so I owe Oren $100. I think it was $1,000. What? A thousand? No, you're kidding sure me. It was $1,000. Get a, like a new board in the other room. I'm going to put $1,000 on the line. That was my whole point, was that you won't shoot the movie because of this newborn. It was $100. We can, we can play it back. There's no way um, to look it up. I'll go double or nothing with this year, though. No, I don't know how double or nothing works. Double or nothing means that either Oren gets $200 or I get nothing. Correct? Yeah, Is that correct. how double or nothing yeah, works? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, no, yeah, I yeah. think it means Wait. that either Oren gets 200 A double or nothing in this instance means either Oren gets $200 or you wow. get a feature film. Ah, there you go. I'll take that. That that man, sign me up. I'll do a thousand dollars. Yeah. What? I could just get a hundred dollars right now. You get a hundred dollars right now, or you get two hundred dollars in a year. No, I'm sorry. I'm not gonna take that deal. <laughs> 
Like I need a bet that I know I will win. That's how I, that's when I will take it. Credit to you. Oh yeah, it's a credit to you. I feel like sure. your script is done. You've... Does anyone smell backpedaling or what? <laughs> I feel like Lauren is like, oh, wait a minute. I realize I'm being an asshole. <laughs> On this podcast. Yeah. It's also just really hard to get movies made. Yeah. Children and house aside. Yeah. You know, like with the economy. You know, right. I made some real progress I feel great about. Yeah. And also. That's why it's not a good bet anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think there's like a 38% chance you're going to make your movie next year. It's not Pretty worth good. it losing $100, but making $1,000, I would take that. Bet. Okay, just to accidentally change the subject. No, what are the no, reasons no. that you think that it's going to be? What, what, what are the reasons that you think he has a 38% chance? You know, his kid is a year older, so he uh-huh. already has like, is, is in the rhythms of the kid. You know, maybe okay. he'll start some life stuff. Life, life, mm-hmm. life stuff. Life stuff. Yeah, but the kid is like, I mean, all your free time goes to the kid once like the kid is at school you can have some free time for yourself to work on your script to do things it it truly is i did underestimate how hard it is to write with that level of sleep deprivation yeah. right and i think when we were recording that year a year ago she she was born in november i i man i probably blacked out for the whole thing like i like yeah. at that time i was like hallucinating it was the darkest time in terms of like just the amount of sleep that i was giving so and now also, that Matt's come out from underneath that, you think 38%. So that's one thing. The same thing, <laughs> Matt, Matt bought a house. He literally was calling me about buying miter saws and installing wood floors. Like if that doesn't awesome. take time away from writing your script, like I don't know what does. Like, so that's a, a whole new thing that he's dealing with. And on top of that, you know, he had a, just taken a full-time job, you know, <laughs> like writing and oh. directing at a company. So, uh, and what Carlin said, you know, you can have huge studios behind you and have these scripts and attach like big people and the movie can still fall apart so imagine that plus these other things and i knew there was a certain level matt wanted to make his movie but more importantly than that and i've said this many times i knew that just from knowing matt i think very well from talking to him every week for like seven years uh he he is not the type of father that would be like hey i mean literally during this recording right now his wife is with the baby and he's worried that he should be with the baby you know like yeah. that's the type of personality mm-hmm. he is he's not like the type of guy that's like i'm going to joshua tree for a week to write my screenplay you watch the baby so just so mainly it's time and energy that's that's uh, what you're gazing. yeah sure if it wasn't yeah. for those things i'd put him at like 55 percent maybe but i think 38 <laughs> percent because cool. he still has the young baby he's still so just curious outside money. of outside of time and energy what are the other things you're thinking about uh, as it relates to Matt um, making, making movie. the movie. So he has a script done. He's done multiple passes on it. He's talked to multiple people. There's producers, there's companies interested, there's momentum, there's cast lists, there's a, a budget, a business plan. There's like an indie route. There's like a small, low, like low budget studio. route. Like there's a lot of pathways for it to be made now that didn't exist a year ago. You know, cool. he's made a lot of progress, but it's like, we all know, unless you get a lifetime movie, you know, yeah. I also did a Lifetime movie. I got the script. A month later, we're shooting. The a month later, it's on crazy. TV. Yeah. Well, so, so just in every other of... state, it's two years to just get a movie going is like not, it's pretty fast, you know? Yeah. So, so in terms of perspective, um, looking back a year ago, I think that the reason that I was willing to make that bet then and the reason I'm willing to double down now, maybe not for $1,000, but for 200 um, offers <laughs> on the table, um, is that I have felt this feeling that I think we can all relate to in varying degrees that I'm kind of just over the system. I'm over the establishment. I'm over this process, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, you all haven't had the chance to listen to an episode that's out by this point now um, with the director of Christmas Bloody Christmas, but it really kind of broke my brain that this guy is, he's just got that sort of attitude that I think we all had when we first started, uh, this director, Joe Vegas, that like, he was just like, fuck it, I'm going to go do it. And had so many really specific examples of like making breakaway glass in his, in his kitchen because he really wanted an awesome, you know, shat, glass shattering shot from like a window or whatever. Stuff, stuff awesome. that we all would have done but I think maybe through our varying degrees of like 
oversight, we'll say, from our our job jobs, we've kind of that behavior has been beaten out of us because it's not the quote unquote right way to do it. Yeah, he's bought like multiple cars, like on Craigslist, and yeah, he'll, he'll set a car a if, if he needs to. If he needs to crash a car, he'll just go buy one on Craigslist and then blow it up. Yeah, and he'll have, a, he'll have a he'll have a stunt coordinator there, and it's safe and all of that. But it's like wow, the same conversations that I think I I can say I have maybe been shut down by. Huh. Of like, well, you can't do it because of this and this and this. He'll be like, no, we're gonna go do it, and I'm gonna figure out how. And we he all literally have goes that. on Amazon. He's like, we can get this hazer for $30. Yeah. <laughs> stop telling yeah. you we can't haze the room. Yeah. And it, it really broke my brain. I, I, I can't stop thinking about it. And that combined with the feeling that I had a year ago that I was like, okay, I'm just going to fundraise this separately. I'm not going to engage in the system. And then I spent a year engaged in the system and people were reading and just the, the, the amount of time, the, the feet dragging that it takes to to just kind of hear back and then go, you know, counter and back and forth, all of the, the studio slowness, basically I'm just over, I'm over. And I knew that I was over a year ago. Um, and I lied to myself and, and let myself feel like I needed to follow certain pathways and, and, and see things through, even if I kind of had a hunch that they weren't going to pan out. Like, Mm. You know what I mean? Like you're like, oh, well, maybe someone's this person seems like they're interested and like they've expressed interest. So I should I should make sure that that is isn't a reality before I pursue something else. And I'm, yeah, you know, I'm over that. I'm done with that. I'll help you and love whatever you need. Yeah. Hell yeah. And you know what, Joe, that guy, <laughs> Joe, would be like, OK, great. Roxy, here's an email. We're going to have you do this. Do you know how to blow up cars? <laughs> do you know what i mean and it's like and, and we all came from that yes. we all asked our friend who knew how to blow up cars or whatever it was you know you find your funniest friends you borrow a camera and i think that if you take the experience yeah. that we have all garnered through the professional work but graft it onto that diy just shoot it mentality i think we'd at least be happier Get back into the sandbox, baby. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Not just yeah. with Nora, but with yeah. all of us. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And community building is part of it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I think that that's um, yeah. a thing Join that coffee you... Shops. Roxy, I'm curious what, because, you know, you're like, yeah, fuck the system or whatever. But then you, like, 30 minutes ago said you wouldn't do a feature under $3 million. That's true. Um, <laughs> like, would you do, if you wrote your own script that was personal to you and you can make it for... Half a million dollars or a million dollars. She said either the material speaks to me or it's. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And it's all relative. Three million dollars is probably gettable for you with your own script now, Roxy. Like you have to level up. Do you know what I mean? You can't just. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. My scripts are going out for above 10 million. So I'm just saying things that come to me that interest me. I don't mind it being indie. You know, I still, there's a big part of me that honors that. And um, I will never stop loving it or giving my time and heart to it. Um, I do hate the system. I'm just going to say that now. And also, I've given my permission, myself permission to be more angry Mm -hmm. nowadays and to really voice my opinion, really fight for things. And um, people listen. So yeah. even if it doesn't, you've it too, you know. If it doesn't, yeah. And if it doesn't pan out, then like, fine. Then it is what it is, you know. And like, again, I, I really like how spiritual this conversation has gotten because I think the word that keeps coming to me is like detachment. Like, sure, everything that you touch has an essence and an energy that's yours. And we all poop out a million different babies. Some of them never come into being. Whoa, <laughs> sorry, Roe v. Wade coming in here. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I have jet lag. Um, but, you know, I, I think like it's, it's, it's important to nourish that endless <laughs> flow of creative energy and just make sure it's like a burning candle and not like a tornado flame that just extinguishes in a second. Um, you know, I just, even when we're talking about goals, I don't really, I mean, I have like a movie set for first quarter next year and, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. teaching and I I just, but I'm also not like, I'm not, I'm not clinging on to those things. You know what I mean? I, I know they may not happen. 
something may happen. It might not end up being to contract or whatever. Things may end up falling apart. And I have to be okay with that. You know, I think now I'm just practicing, like I'm just receiving everything and I'm just doing my best with what's happening in my present. And that's all I can do, you know? Um, And I'm like really happy with that, you know? So um, this is a new Roxy again. And then next, a newer Roxy, you know? (laughs) And a newer. Hey, Carlin, I'm curious, you know, talking about uh, Matt and Roxy about features, like you have these two features that ended up not going. Like, would you, (laughs) do you have any interest in taking them and doing them, you know, finding like the half a million dollars, million dollars and making them yourself? I mean, you've done indie features before. Or even maybe even a a new idea. I don't know. Um... I think a new it's the new idea that I'm working on. That's what I want to do. Like I'm already writing and co-writing for the first time with someone, which is so fun, like a bigger budget action comedy. Um, we just started super, super fun. But and, and obviously I will attach myself to direct that, but who fucking knows? And so I do want to write something that could be made for less than three million. I just don't know what it is yet. That's the problem. And it is it that you need to write something that is catered yeah. to that budget level? You know, that, but also I just am like, want to, I want to do something that feels so me, you know, something that like baby Carlin would be fucking psyched about. Like even the, the action comedy is like very much a thing that I'm like, this is, it feels like so specifically for me in a way that, that it is kind of universal, strangely. But I want the next, the other feature I write to be like, I don't know, some, something special and unique and just like a, an idea that I can't get out of my head and I just don't know what it is yet. So I'm trying to stop searching so desperately for it and just let go and, and trust that it's going to come to me. And when that happens, if you need me, I'll be here for you. I make a mean sandwich for crafting. Yay! So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. But yeah, I do think like... Yeah, I think I, I think I, I want to work on that next because, like you said, it's like I'm not bucking the system per se because who knows? But I, but I want to have some sort of sense of control mm-hmm. outside of it. I mean, I think we can look at like Mike White as like an example of a person who made oh. movies that flopped a lot. You know what I mean? Like we're like, you know, there was a think piece where he was interviewed with like he wrote on the emoji movie and people gave him a hard time about it. But also he was like, well, look, I spent three years on these indie movies that no one sees and I don't make any money. And like, Mm -hmm. I want to send my kids to private school or go on vacation or whatever other thing he's doing. And like, as an archetype, I don't know if there's a better one, right? Like, obviously he's enjoying a level of success that is. I don't think of Mike White as someone who's bugging the system, like, you know, who has multiple HBO shows. That's what I'm saying. Before that, though, he was struggling back and forth and making his own art and also writing School of Rock or like super commercial things that weren't weren't not his voice, Mm -hmm. but that were they could have their cake and eat it, too. And I think that's maybe what Carlin's saying is like, yeah, well, one for me, one for them. Sort yeah. of. Um, Maybe we should all go recipe. on Survivor. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah he loves Survivor. Oh, he was on Survivor. He was on Survivor and Amazing so Race. Do everyone, do yourself a favor. Go watch a compilation of Mike White on Survivor. I, does incredible. he have a biography out yet, or like his own memoir yet? Because that would be so interesting. I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what's crazy about Mike White is. I don't know if you guys have seen both seasons of White Lotus, but he's like, he wrote every single episode by himself. That is crazy. And the characters are just so, they feel so authentic, you know, and I don't know how much that cast is bringing to those, but, or how much they're based on people he knows, but a really diverse, you know, set of voices he's put together, which is pretty awesome. Uh, Tim, do you have any goals? I mean, basically I did a lot of work kind of for hire that I enjoyed doing, but I really... I think as a filmmaker, I, I'm hoping to not do so much work for hire and, and instead hire myself and create things that get trains moving that other people get on. That, that's my goal, really. So that's the, that's the big goal for me. Like, I, yeah. Talk to us more about the ways in which you're uh, employing yourself. 
Like, is is it as simple as engaging in more meaningful writing sessions? I want to know the Tim secret sauce of like, how are you getting your projects going? You know what I mean? I mean, I don't, I don't know if I have enough to really uh, do a whole segment on uh, secret sauce of, of how I would get there, honestly, because I think I am just doing the classic stuff of going to establish people and hungry people to see who wants to finance and mm-hmm. fundraise with me on, on my projects. So, I mean, that's, that's what I'm doing, but I, I basically have now a, a feature I've co-written that I'm very excited about and two TV pilots that are both very separate None of them are like each other. One of them is very grounded, and it's written with his brother and sister who are survivors of a megachurch cult, and it's mm. kind of a murder mystery thriller. And the other, anyway. Um, so my my sauce is literally just it's it's really literally been every day I wake up and realize oh there's this other person I'm so dumb why haven't I talked to them about this or oh or that's great people. though. I love that. So that's what's been going on. All these people that, you know, you just run across a lot of people. Unfortunately, that's been tougher during like, you know, pandemic times. But like, I just know a lot of people, you know, like mm-hmm. lived in LA for a while and haven't managed to completely screw up my reputation in this town. So people mm-hmm. will. Silver Lake going to be tough for you. That's true. That area <laughs> is tough. Thanks for reminding me, Warren. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to think of any pearls of wisdom, but uh, I don't know. I, I think waking yeah. up with a new person every day is pretty great, actually. I, I think a year or two ago, and especially even three years ago, social media was, at least for me, like a big part of how I got jobs, how I told people that, that I was a director, how I reminded people that I exist. Uh, Roxy, you know, you talked about this, but you were kind of like a powerhouse. Like every day you have stuff, you know, coming out about movies you're working on, about moods you're in, about your podcast, about all these different things. I'm sure it got people talking to you and about you. Um, you know, Tim famously is, is not on social media. <laughs> I uh, am totally on social media. Yeah, I'm like, yes, he is. <laughs> I just remember that year I gave you a, a hard time. That's about true. It. I don't you post know, as often. Turned out as I, I just didn't perhaps. follow you. No, but I, I know I've fallen off of it. I think Matt, I mean, Matt, I don't feel like you're super active on it. Carly, yeah. you know, I see some vacation photos here and there. Yeah, like, I don't post. Behind the scenes stories. Um, yeah. don't me. <laughs> I take but, it off my phone pretty reg- regularly because it yeah. makes me sad. Well, do you guys feel like, so, like your relationship with social media and how it helps you in your career has, has changed like over the last year or two? Like, do you think it's still an important way to generate like hmm. conversations at the very least about your filmmaking. Yeah. It totally is. It still hmm. is. I mean, whether we like it or not, I mean, or whatever, you know, when you post stuff about, I mean, it just happens for me every time. Like if I post something about something I'm making, I hear about from some other people, you know, some hmm. EP or some rep or a friend or whatever. They, they're curious about what you're working on. It's just inevitably, it's just the way the human mind works. So, I mean, definitely still relevant. But I think we've all, you know, learned to be a little um, more intentional about how social media occupies a space in our life and like Ooh. what we're really down for. And I think we're all learning that that's important to do personally, you know, not just as a society. And so, yeah, I feel like we're all, you know, crafting it a little bit more finely what we do with it. Yeah, it's funny because think- we have we have. We- like Matt was saying, we have this anxiety already, and this is just like it's another place that's just an amazing source of anxiety, mm-hmm. uh, but also could be part of the cure to the, our other anxiety. I hate it. I hate social media. I hate it so much. I can't believe I used to rely on it for validation all the time, you know, right. and um, to ensure that I was being seen or that my work was being seen. But I have to respect my my past self, and now that I'm older. I think I'm being more selective about who I talk to because I used to go to all these galas and all these events and I was part of the film festival community. I was part of all, you know, Carlin and I film fatales, you know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. we used to be so active and now I just felt like I was giving so much of myself away to these things. And I was part of the cause and, you know, part of the community, but I, now that I've, you know, it's like showing up on that red carpet, but then realizing that, what if I just give that attention to myself and my artistry mm-hmm. genuinely for once? And I feel so much more at peace. Like 
Instagram, I turn on and I'm like, oh, what's this person doing? Oh, cool. You know, but we're just living life. Yeah. You know, like, is it really that groundbreaking? Like, do we need to hear more? You know, we get our dosage of news and things that are happening around the world, but how much more of that, unless we're doing it for research, you know what I mean? I mean, I want to hear about people's experiences, their like point of view, their insight. If someone's working on a commercial for Adidas, I'm happy for them. I don't want to watch it. I don't don't watch. That's like, are you kidding? What I I do not personally want to spend my time looking at my best friends, whatever thing that he was hired to do or she was doing or whatever. But if they are talking about their insights or their experiences, what whatever any anything that's personal, I'm all there for that. You know, but it's becoming less like that though. Like TikToks are becoming like such short. You know, people are, are are less focused nowadays. Attention spans are getting like shorter and shorter. Content is also getting faster and faster. Like I also want to hear about people's insights, but it feels like content itself like is transforming. I think that the nature of say TikTok versus Instagram is is important in that TikTok is I think purely broadcasting. That's mm-hmm. that's not you to your friends. That's you to the world at large. And so you're really kind of trying to communicate a broader idea. Mm-hmm. Whereas like I kind of I really miss the intimacy of the old way of TikTok or the old way of Twitter or Facebook where you were literally seeing you know, what was going on in someone's life. And in which case, like if one of you were all po- were posting about the cool Adidas spot that you were doing, that would be really fun. I would watch it, by the way. But the... <laughs> I would watch you guys' stuff. Don't get me but the, wrong. But the sure. person that you don't really know, best do you know what I mean? Or like the person that you don't have a real relationship with and you're like, ah, I, you know, I know I pitch against that person or whatever. That That's where you start to spiral. And I think mm-hmm. what we're really dealing with is that in the pandemic in particular we really lacked community we lacked fellowship and that now that we're emerging from that tim you can wake up and say oh i forgot about this person that i connected with five years ago ten years ago or whatever and reach out to them and have a more personal connection like i think now that you can go to get a coffee with someone or you could see someone at a at a film fatales event or something that's different than a red carpet red carpets are like tiktok they're broadcasting that's not an intimate relationship that's like Mm -hmm. projecting and i think that as those opportunities arise maybe we're feeling a little less need for something that tick that social media provides and it's just a lot more skepticism about what it provides at all anyway. Sure, yeah. sure, fair enough. Yeah, we, we've learned the the very explicit dark side of it all. You for know. sure. My social media goal for 2023 is, I think with the, yeah, the, the meltdown of Twitter, you know, via Elon Musk, like it's been nice to kind of detach from that. And like my goal, it's like use it way less for like killing time uh, and try to use it a little bit more for... Uh, maybe it, it maybe it is the self-marketing you know i uh but i feel like anytime i see people i haven't seen forever and they're like oh i love your breakdowns you know storyboard next to like those are great. final product like those things create conversation and i i don't do them enough even though i have like i have all the stuff it just takes time to you know instead of spending time like reading twitter i should just edit together you know like a side-by-side mm-hmm. thing you know mm-hmm. um and because i i find that like oddly creatively fulfilling like showing like how I got to somewhere and putting it on online. And cool. it has a double purpose of getting people to talk to me about, you know, working together. So that's kind of like how I see social media in my life moving forward. Do you think that any of this new AI stuff will affect um, your work over the next year or our industry or any, anything insightful? I, I think that there is a world where you can do like not previs, but like, you might get a decent image for a deck or something out of it, mm-hmm. you know, maybe. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think the thing that people aren't talking about enough is that like that art is all pretty bad. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's all like really generic. The mid journey stuff. Yeah. It's all like, like it's all deviant art. Like it's, it's maybe photo real or like at best yeah, like painterly. Art. Awesome. Shout out. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it, it's like real hacky, you know? Mm-hmm. 
I don't think it's hacky and it's only getting like literally every week it's getting better. Matt and I have both played around with like using AI generated images for treatments and decks and things. Awesome. Hmm. Um, Matt to much more success than me, but you know, Cassie Brooksbank, who has been on our podcast, she's like messing around with using mid journey to create images for decks. You, you have to, it's hard to do like broad comedy commercial images, you know, mm-hmm. that are super clean, but if you do kind of, and there's a horror, reason for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, there is a reason for that, because I feel like a lot of the mid journey stuff and all of it, it's like it doesn't we watch movies and we we like a lot of the stuff that we do because there's a point of view. Mm-hmm. And whoops, uh, what's where's the point of view? No, but there is a point of view. You know, you can make a gothic creature if you're doing a creature. Oh, gothic point of view. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, but you can say, you know, in the style of like an artist, you like, I mean, I. I don't, I, I don't quite understand the point you're making, but I think that... I am saying that like, okay, I have a friend who uses it. Is Keith Schofield. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you seen what he, he does with it? I haven't, no. but he did that. The, uh, he did the, uh, Tim helped me out. It won a bunch of awards. It was a music video mid pandemic that was like all with poser. Oh yeah. Yeah. And like you fly through a butthole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That was for, uh, it's going to come to me. He's done a couple of their videos. Um, and, but what he's done with Midjourney is he basically makes, uh, create, invents what would be like 70 sci fi book covers. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll, it'll be like a book cover with a name and stuff that like definitely should exist. And they're so good. Like, that's a point of view. Like, dude, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's funny, or, and it's also like amazing that it's been made by this stuff versus you know hodgepodgey stuff that i see i see just a lot of hodgepodge no of course you can make bad things but imagine you're pitching on a movie and you want to it very specific images you can make them you know i so i I think that as a tool but to me the more interesting one is like i don't know if you guys have played with chat gpt i was like bugging man about it yesterday but uh you can literally have it write like a treatment for you and it won't be good but i don't know if you guys have read director's treatments before they're actually like not that good Um, (laughs) well i treat it like my therapist i have conversations (laughs) with um that's what they say is pretty good yeah it it talks back to you yeah yeah i told it yesterday we had these people over for hanukkah and i was like write me a scene about like two old roommates that get together with their respective families after 10 years in silver lake california for a hanukkah dinner and it like wrote a scene and it the scene wasn't good um i had it i wrote in the style of quentin tarantino and like every Whoa. sentence started with like yo can't believe we haven't seen each other for 10 years um but <laughs> oh but God. all the names it came up with were like kind of like jewish names you know that would make sense and wow. so like and like yeah. you could use it to generate to research to start things you can say hey when um you know, have uh, Reese's Pieces been mentioned in films and popular movies or popular media? And it can give you a list of 10 things, which now you can, if you're pitching on a Reese's Pieces thing, now you have things to research, mm. to reference for imagery and stuff. Um, so I, I think That's it's amazing. It is useful. Not, I'm not saying it's going to replace us, but I think as a tool, you can use it to make 70s book covers, you know, for this movie where there's a scene that takes place in the bookstore that, you know, takes place in the 70s. I think it's a fascinating tool. And I think a year from now, I will bet $10 that uh, <laughs> four, at least four of the five of us will have used some sort of AI tools, uh, like creative AI tools in our work, whether it's for a pitch or a presentation or even like a final product of some well, sort. I, cool. I think maybe to Tim's point, it's like there's a difference between um, it being the art and right. it enabling the art in some way, right? And if we are, as the artists, are the conduit where we're kind of like, you know, changing it in some way or, or f- forming it in some way, then maybe mm-hmm. there, th- that's really the question to me. And like how much of that original AI generated imagery or text ends up in the final product, that's maybe the slider that we don't know yet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Is it 10% us and 90% machine or vice versa? We'll see. Well, guys, thanks for talking to us again. Tyler, you got any goals for next year? 
Yeah, I'm trying to finish three shorts next year. Hey, so. there you go. Oh, wow. Nice. That's cool. So that's One a big goal, buddy. too. That's the cute. only piece of advice is to do it all at the same time. <laughs> and not have a child. <laughs> do both. And, and, say and, that. And, don't, and don't have a bet with one. <laughs> yeah, sure. Seriously, he's going to gouge you on the double down. Oh, no. I've made, made many, many bad bets this year. Do you guys mind, Carlin, just another 35 <laughs> seconds? to uh, endorse <laughs> to join us for our unpaid Jeez. endorsement segment. Are you familiar with that? Unpaid endorsements. I'm reading this book and I'm really liking it. Deacon King Kong. Is that oh. the name of the book or the writer? <laughs> it's the name of the book. Yeah, the writer's name is James McBride. Eric Hissack uh, recommended it. Nice. Um, what do you yeah. like about it, Tim? So this is a shout out for Eric Hissack, really. It's just got cool characters. Got great characters. Great, a bunch of characters. It's like an ensemble. Next. Boom. Carlin, what do you got? Okay, I recommend a little podcast called Script Notes. I'm sure you guys haven't heard of it, but specifically there was an episode a couple weeks ago with the Daniels. Mm-hmm. And man, it was a good episode. It just mm. really makes you... Yeah, it was just inspiring. They talk about their process and how, honestly, the kind of the most inspiring part is like they were they were pretty honest about how long it took to write everything everywhere all at once, mm-hmm. and also like five ish years, I think. And 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 same thing with like uh, Get Out, Jordan Jordan Peele's first movie took him supposedly seven years. It just is a nice reminder. Like sometimes not everybody is like churning out three scripts a year. Mm-hmm. You know that might mm-hmm. be like what our culture wants us to do and what our agents and managers want us to do. But sometimes it takes it takes time and like you have to use your lived life experience and infuse that into your project and work your day job. It's not like those guys yeah. weren't making TV shows or music totally. videos or commercials to make a living and yeah. have a life and practice mm-hmm. their craft like they were doing all totally. of those things. Cool. Yeah, and they're just so free with with their ideas and with the, it. Just it's just they're just obviously have inspired a lot of filmmakers this year with their with their work. But that podcast was it was awesome. It, it was it's a good one. So so check it out. Also, based on your podcast, I just bought this book. Oh, nice, Mike cool. Nichols. Mike Nichols. Who, how do you like yeah, it? It's, it's a it's, it's a, a thick ass book. book. I bought it today. Wow. It's huge. I bought it today, so I start starting it after this. this. That was Claire Scanlon's unpaid endorsement. Oh, right. um, That's another great episode. Everybody should check that one out. But if they're listening hmm. to this, they probably have. Uh, Roxy, what you got? I'm gonna plug myself because. Oh, if you like my speaking voice on a podcast, you should check out my podcast, Two Horny Goats. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Two Horny Goats is me and my best friend. We're both Taiwanese American women on different sides of the spectrum. And we talk about all the hard discussion topics that we never had growing up. So it's a healing space for people who are, you know, kids of immigrants. And we talk about all of the hard taboo topics that you wouldn't have in your family. So, um, cool. And your goats, because your Capricorn is, there we go. I was, I, we're two horny Capricorns. You're horny Capricorns. We're horny Capricorns. You're horny for life, which talks about being passionate, you know, and working towards Mm -hmm. your goals. So love it. Yeah. Stay horny. We like to say, Feel pressure, feel pleasure. Mm-hmm. There you go. Love it. Ooh. You know, yeah, it, it's all the things. Um, yeah, my podcast is pretty bomb. This one's pretty cool too, but like also, mm-hmm. check it out. Well, <laughs> um, <laughs> well everyone, Incredible. I have two drink recommendations. One is I recommend instead, if you're making an old fashioned, like reducing apple cider down and as a simple syrup makes it like nice and like oh. it's that's totally manageable is that's not crazy otherwise it's just a regular old old-fashioned but just like pour a cup of hot like cider into a, a pan and like reduce it down to for like 20 minutes simmer it for 20 minutes it gets nice and syrupy quick huh hmm. quick drink that yeah you can yeah it's perfect perfect oh. and you, you know make plenty um uh but the other one is uh a fairy tale of New York, which is a more involved version of that, where you like basically mull down some walnuts, some pear, a little like a half a pear, a half a, uh, an apple. It's a little involved, but you're still just making like 
essentially a simple syrup that then you can make old fashions with that uh, I had tonight. Bartender Matt, excuse me. (laughs) Very Christmassy. Those are simple cocktails you can make. They're not simple. Well, you know, know. look, you chop up a couple things, you put in a pot, and then 20 minutes later, you're good to go. And 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 you put it in a jar for, you know, whatever, how long, however long you want. Like, um, but uh, a fairy tale of New York, which is great. Um, and and also makes your house smell real Christmassy. So, mm, how many, how really many of our well. listeners do you think are going to make that based off this uh, endorsement? Tweet at me because uh, your life is going to be better for doing it. I can't. I can only lead people to water. I can't teach them to drink. Right. Right. There we go. Tyler says, "Get the recipe in Patreon." That's right. That's oh my right. god! Nice. Producer brain, love that. Or you nice. could just Google Fairy Tale of New York. Uh, cocktail. Yeah, yeah, it's on Smitten Kitchen, exactly right. As inspired by yeah. Imbibe Magazine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, Carlin, nice. let me know when you try it. It's great. I will. Yeah, you gotta have nutmeg, like a whole nut. That's maybe the hardest ingredient to have handy. But most of it, you know, you probably have in your kitchen. Kaplan, I bet I do. What you got? Well, I guess on this topic. I went to a party the other day and they had a mixologist that they hired for the party, uh, which, you know, sounded like kind of annoying on the <laughs> paperless post or whatever. But uh, it was one no, of the coolest things. Yeah, the, I'm the opposite of Matt. I know very little about like the construction of any drinks. And so I just told him I like like cucumber jalapeno things and I also like mint. And and if there's any way you can combine those with some alcohol that won't make me too hungover tomorrow that would be great and he made me some amazingly delicious drink i don't know what it was and then i came back and you know he kind of takes you on a journey uh and just you know asks you oh have you eaten yet are you gonna eat what's the plant like and he mm-hmm. just kind of custom oh. made where was us, this Warren? Uh, just a friend's house. She just hired a mixologist oh. to come. How cool is that? That's cool. Cool. He hired a mixologist and a pianist. Uh, and it was a very. I don't want to get invited party. to this fancy friend's yeah. place. Yeah. yeah. Well, Oren's endorsement is have rich friends. No, but it's not any different <laughs> than like hiring a taco cart. It's probably about the same price, you know. Um, hmm. They And they ordered Chinese food, like, you know, kind of to go as the food like they oh, they decided I thought they were this gonna year have omakase japanese chef also no, there. like last year they <laughs> last year they spent all the money on the food and they're like we had all this food left over it was so expensive mm. people mm. were more interested in drinking than eating because you know it's a party um and this year we were like let's put all our let's just get chinese takeout that everyone will love and let's put our money into like the mixologist nice. and they they have a sing-along so they always get a pianist too um That sounds like a great party. You guys, I'm excited for next year, the fifth year of this. That's when you're going to want to do that. Yeah. Hey, cheers to that. With the mixologist. Oh, yeah. That'll Um, be so much fun. Can you imagine how unhinged this would be? I'll just be like in like a (laughs) mess. Yeah. You know, we have to. On that topic, my other endorsement is to like go go back to writing where you wrote before COVID. I think it'll make make you happy. Even the outdoor version of that. I think I had kind of closed my mind off to like. Don't worry about the outdoor stuff. Well, you know, some people are still uh, worried about it. So, but there are outdoor versions that are available as well. So there's the, you know, life can be uh, a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah, Um, for sure. Anyway. There's a bunch. Yeah. We live in Los Angeles. Yeah. Yeah. If you use the right outdoors, go outdoors. Um, Anyway, my drink is, yeah, Bailey's on the rocks. I only drink it in December, but uh, it's so delicious. Like even kids like it. (laughs) <laughs> uh, wow excellent very easy to make it doesn't take 20 minutes of reducing apple juice or whatever real fast how can we keep tabs on everyone carlin working people keep in the know on what you're doing they should just think about me you know just <laughs> think about carlin yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah. just pray carlinhudson.com pray. <laughs> there you go <laughs> Yes, that was so don't, good. Don't expect much out of social media, but yeah. I, I lurk a few times. Maybe, maybe just subscribe to this podcast <laughs> yeah. and you'll get yeah. your Carlin fix like <laughs> times a year. <laughs> I think Carlin might, it's probably our most, the person's been on our podcast the most. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Easily. Just saying. Easily. 
Pray for Carlin. Pray for Carlin. Pray for Carlin. Oh my god. Roxy. Um, I hate social media, but I am really vain, so I do like followers. So. <laughs> you can follow me at Roxy Sheen on Instagram. S-H-I-H. Yeah, we're slaying it. We're slaying it. Um, I don't live on anything else, so that's it. No Twitter, no um, TikTok, no. So just that. Um, also, hello at twohoneygoes.com. There you go. <laughs> you write to me. Tim. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Carlin. Like, just send me thoughts and prayers, but if you must find me. <laughs> if you must find me on social media, it's my name, which you guys are going to hopefully spell on yeah, something, yeah. so don't make me. Yeah. 26 letters. Please. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and RoxyShe.com. Yeah. All three of you have oh, your, yeah. your yeah, domain. Oh, oh, yeah, I have a website. <laughs> well done. <laughs> I forgot. Kevin, where can people keep track of you? I'm on Twitter. I'm at SmiteyPileg. On Instagram, I'm at OKaplan. And you can uh, keep track of the show also at Just Shoot It Pod across all social media. You can email us. Please email us. If you want us to tell you any of the secrets of Tim, Roxy, Carlin, even Tyler, um, email us. We'll, we'll spill all the beans. At, How uh, dare you? Just shoot it pod at gmail.com. You can follow me at Mr. Matt Enlow across all social media, including Letterboxd. I got a follower on Letterboxd the other day and I thought, oh, that's, that's so cool. nice. How nice. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that follower. Yeah. <laughs> I wish. She, Andy Young's an influencer on Letterboxd. <laughs> really? This episode was edited by Noah Bayshore. Thanks, Noah. Produced by Tyler Small. Thanks, Tyler. Thanks, Tyler. Tyler. Tyler, can we follow um, you anywhere? Yeah, yeah. Where can we follow you, Tyler? Uh, yeah, you can follow me at Tyler W. Small on everything, pretty much. Except Letterboxd. I haven't even done Give that. You see your shorts, pretty cool. your shorts being made. That's right. Keeping tabs on you now. We're saluting them. $2,000. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Oh, man. Going hard. Yeah. Okay, send me the scripts and I'll see if I'm in on the bet. You're listening to music provided by the Free Music Archive and the artist Jazar. Thanks, everyone. Catch you in 2023. Thanks. Happy New Year! Happy Holidays! (laughs) Hold on, don't turn off your thing yet, Carlin. Everyone has to hit stop. Okay, I'm hitting stop. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.